Hey, this is John Short. I'm here with the Compound Growth Show. I have a very special guest on today, Eric Cruz, who runs Cruz Consulting as well as CE Painting. Both of his companies have made it into the Inc. 5000 and are growing 60% annually year over year. Uh, and I'm excited to have him on the show today because uh, we've been compound growth marketing as a customer of cruise consulting um and he's done something interesting he's developed a system for measuring understanding and improving your business and it's something that i think i think systems like this is something that a lot of marketers need to adopt in order to run their marketing teams more efficiently so eric thanks for coming on today Thank you very much, John. Thank you for having me, number one. Thank you for your trust as a client. Uh, it means a great deal to us on many levels. And congrats on what you've accomplished in your business. It's quite impressive. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, so we were, we we actually, John, we, we've been talking for about 30 minutes. I probably should have hit record about 30 minutes ago. Um, <laughs> you were just talking to me about something pretty interesting. Um about uh, putting a number up on the board. And and that's something that I think a lot of marketers are scared to do, uh, or maybe not scared, but people are hesitant to put a number on the board. But could you give me some context into um, some of your philosophies about putting a number on the board and, and how you work with your team in order to build up to that number? So it's a great question. And first of all, I'll speak to the audience of marketers that you just talked about because the marketers are, in, in my opinion, in a very specific crowd of their own. Um, so marketers are, I feel for marketers a lot because their function, in my opinion, is probably one of the most important functions in a business that's out there because it's the only way the clients can actually learn what anybody's doing. Um, and the typical client, and I can't say that we're different, wants ROI. So you're trying to market and market and do this thing. And your clients are like, uh, what's the ROI? What's the ROI? How many leads yeah. am I going to get? Right. Cause something yeah, like me is telling them to ask those questions. Right. So, uh, so these are, these become these questions. So marketers by definition tend to become somewhat gun shy around declaring definitively. Here's what your ROI is going to be. Cause it's not an exactly an exact science. So, it's a tough field to be in because it's extremely valuable. Yet, in my opinion, and my you know people that we work with in marketing, um, in our our own internal marketing people will tell you, uh, I'm also very supportive of them because I say, look, we need your function, and if it's not giving us ROI all the time, it's still really valuable. So I I, I trust that a marketer would have a tough time with what I'm going to say here. Nonetheless, as you're very aware of and very accurate in. Marketers, probably more than anybody, need to be focused on looking at their business itself as being a set of time periods in which they need to hit certain numbers. And what you and I were just talking about is where do you start with that? So um, I, I like to look at it, you know, in our system, in our operating system, we use a system called uh, Objectives and Key Results, OKRs. So we're setting up timeframes usually of 10 years or five years as a bigger picture, a North Star type number. 
And then we're bringing that down into, okay, what is the three-year vision that we're going to achieve? What is, what's the list of three-year objectives that we need to start achieving in order to be on track for that 10 years? And then basically your one-year list of objectives becomes almost a to-do list against your three-year list of objectives. And yeah. then we quarterly stuff is just, you know, quarterly is just literally like your checklist against your one year. So what you and I were talking about, which I think is really important, is you should look at your business as having these 10-year cycles. And um, in our case, uh, we have set these numbers. We've had been very formal around setting what these numbers are for us by certain dates. Yeah. And it hasn't been just darts on the board. We've said, you know, what are we trying to accomplish? And we pick numbers, we pick market share, and we say by a certain date, in our case, we're using 2030 right now. By 2030, we want to achieve X. And it's pretty big. But that becomes what grounds us and where we're going uh, as a business. Now, for me, it works in my life. So I'm the owner. Uh, I'm, the, I'm the full owner. We have equity partners in the consulting business. All of our consultants are our partners, and we certainly have some other partners in the consulting business. I have a 50% partner in our commercial painting business. So when I meet with our stakeholders, um, the first thing I do is meet with our stakeholders and I figure out where we want to go with these businesses. And then we crystallize that into that 10-year number. And I say, that's it. That's what we're going for. And once you do that and you put that stake in the ground and say, our 10-year number is X, it changes everything. Now, some yep. people will say it's very difficult because some people, especially marketers, because they can tend to be squishy sometimes, right? It's one of the, they, they tend to be, you know, uh, partial creatives, partial numbers based. There's a lot of right. mix going on there. Well, I think there's, I think there's two reasons for that. One, you have accountability and a lot, and people don't like account or some people don't like accountability. They don't want to have a number on the board because they're going to fail. I've seen that with CEOs. And then, you know, the further down the organization you go, the less comfort you're going to have with that because the less experience you have. Um, the other reason why marketers don't often do that is because it's an, it's a career of infinite. You, it's sales is finite. You get a certain number of leads coming in. You yeah. can have a certain amount of output from that, but marketing, it's like, you know, we have this amazing product. Everybody in the world should be using this, the CEO thinks. So <laughs> I think what you're you're talking about is interesting. And a lot of the people who are listening to this podcast, it it's important to understand those 10-year cycles because most of them are in VC-backed companies or private equity-backed companies. And so the goal and the outcome for those companies is typically getting to 70 to 150 million in revenue then they're looking for the the big liquidity event and to understand those cycles as a marketer i think makes you more informed on the types of decisions you're going to be making so you've nailed it so there are a lot of reasons and you probably you'll probably spend the whole episode on why people don't want to set that 10-year target it's not just the marketers either it's yeah it's it's like you said to see you are comfortable with it yeah they're uncomfortable and there's a lot of reasons it's not just fear of failure it's also well what if it's not enough right yeah what if, what if it should be 200 i don't want to do it. what if it was, i say 100 and it should be 200 
Yeah. And then there's the whole, I don't just care about money. I also want to change the planet and fix, you know, fix the right. planet, all this other stuff. So the problem is we tell ourselves all this stuff. So we're not willing to commit. And I tell people, look, the odds of you getting to a hundred million, first of all, uh, are probably small anyway. Uh, there is the reality of it. Um, they're going to be zero if we don't shoot for it. Mm -hmm. And that's the truth. So your odds of hitting a big number like 100 million are going to skyrocket the minute you, you set the breadth of that target. Yeah. Most of these things you're setting in this big picture are about setting the breadth of what you're trying to accomplish. So I'll have this conversation with clients and they'll say, well, I'm not sure where we want to be. I say, well, let's get down to dollars. And they'll say, oh, Eric, it's not all about money. I say, yeah, that's great. But the planning is. So I got to yeah. figure this out, right? Yeah. So they say, uh, so sometimes I'll be thinking they're thinking 20, 30, $50 million in revenue at least. And they say 5 million. I say, well, that just changed my entire way of looking at your business. Right. Nothing wrong with 5 million. But that's a totally different way of running a business. If they say yeah. 50 million, okay, we have now changed the entire way we're running our business. 100 million, okay, by when? And they say, yeah, eight years. Okay. So now I can start working that backwards. But until I get that stake in the ground, it's squishy. So, yeah. you, know, you know, we work with almost 100 clients, which you're one of them. And when your name comes up, you in particular, you work with Andrew, it always goes back to the same thing. I always say the same thing. Andrew, I got to see what the plan is for the next three years. And I need to see where this is trying to go eventually because I don't know how to frame what I'm offering for feedback unless I can see exactly where he's trying to go. So yeah. I can get an idea of the mindset. It also then tests your strategy. Do we have the right strategy? Is the market right? I mean, you're dealing with this all the time, marketing, right? So yeah. is the addressable market even there? Most of the time, the answer is no. You have, they have no idea. Yeah. Uh, who's buying this product? Really, the addressable market isn't always there. No. For a lot of your, interesting. Okay. No, no it's, it's not... Um, because think about what confines it. So you, you could be geography. So yeah. geography could confine it. So people say, well, I want to be national. And I look at them and I say, okay, what, who's running this national firm? Yeah. Uh, you know, you, and you got to get honest with yourself. Now, if I have a certain CEO and she says me, I got to look at that CEO and say, okay, I buy that. Or yeah. they might say it may be me. It could be somebody else, but I now know we have to have a national leadership team now. Yeah. The difference. Right. So yeah. most some people are trying to be successful regionally. So there may be this the East Coast or something. So then I'll say, okay, well, what does that look like for Justin Market? You know, where are you selling into? So, yeah. So bottom line, though, is you got to find out what that 10-year thing is, that five-year set a number. Don't be afraid. And then start working backwards. And here's the other, next, the other thing. You don't, you said what, there are people worried about the failing. Our growth and our companies have come from uh, iterative failing. You know, our expression is we like you to be failing upwards because you're going to fail a lot. Yeah. We have some pretty big targets and people say, how are you going to hit that? I have no idea. Like directionally, here's what it looks like. And here's what I think the average client's going to be spending. Here's where I think we are. Here's what our leadership team looks like at that point. Maybe. That's, yeah. my, that's my best guess. So we're going to start failing upwards towards that, that event. So then we will literally fail the entire way up. 
But we're, our check is, are we failing towards the target? We are. What are we learning? We're yeah. learning these things. And we're continually iterating. So put a stake in the ground, then iterate towards hitting it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that yeah. So um, let's see. So you, you had um, mentioned, so one of the things I love about your process when when we work with your team and i think part of putting the number on the board for you in the growth system is being able to visualize where you're going to be so here's how many employees we're going to have here's what we're going to be doing here's how many new leads we need to have here's how many customers we need to have on an annual basis it helps with that do you think visualization is a is a component of what makes the growth system allow you to kind of be successful and see into the future? So I'm probably biased on that. So, cause uh, uh, it's our, our system, but we have an expression that we use around the three year objectives. And I'm not sure Andrew's used it with you or not, but the expression is the three year objectives should be as absolutely specific as it possibly can be, wherever it can be specific and general where it can't be specific. So for us, we want the 10 year to be as close to generally accurate as possible. And usually it's a one or two sentence thing. So it can be 50 million in revenue. It can be number one in our space. We want it to be specific. Mm -hmm. For the three year, if there are things we know for sure, we wanna record all of it at a high level. And we break it into four categories. People, what are our people look like? What's our company look like operationally? What does our strategy look like to make sure we hit whatever our revenue target is for three years out? And then what are our finances look like? Are we running a certain gross margin? You know, what are our what are the finances of the business actually look like? So okay. we can break things into those four categories. We want to detail as much as we can as clearly as possible of what we know. Because we know if we can visualize it, like you said, we can see it on a piece of paper. We can say, we know this much is 100% true. And the rest of it, we tend to put stuff like, we need this role. And then sometimes we'll put question mark. Yeah. We don't really know. It's our theory. But I look at it like, it's like this pictures you, you get, those posters where it's a bunch of dots. And you got to stare at the dots and eventually you see a picture that comes out of it. Yeah. Shark or dolphin or some, something jumps in your face and you're like, oh my God, I can't freak you out. Yeah. So to us, the three-year objectives is just like that. So you want it to be staring at it to, you can see part of it because you know some of it for sure is in stone. The rest of it, we still want to have the dots on there. They may have some question marks next to them, but we still want to charge for it because indecision will kill the business. So we yeah. just say our best guess, people are shocked by this when they come look at our company. They look at that and he says, that you're really clear on the vision. I say, I'm really clear on this part and I'm really unclear on this part. This is my best guess at the moment, but that's what we're going for because it's our best guess we've got and it likely won't be that, but at least we're clearly charging towards something. Right. And then we continually change it as we prove ourselves right or wrong. And we are very willing to be wrong because we're wrong a lot, honestly. Yeah. I love what you just said. I wrote it down. I think I might I might get an inspirational poster with it. Indecision will kill the business. 
So I think there are a lot of marketers. So marketers, I think I went too hard on them saying that uh, a big piece of not wanting to put goals down on paper is accountability. I think that's X percent of the audience. I think there are, are a lot where these three, 10, three and 10 year goals are not explicitly um, communicated throughout the company. It's, it's the idea of, Hey, we want to go public and, you know, everybody wants to do better than the generation before them. So everybody wants, everybody's uh, business is going to be bigger than Facebook or, you know, bigger IPO than, than the previous generations, uh, biggest IPO. Yeah. But I think that marketers need to think about, I think there is a benchmark for that hundred million dollar company within seven to 10 years of starting the business. And um, if you can't push your CEO to give you the numbers of what the three-year model looks like or what the 10-year model looks like, because a lot of, in my experience, a lot of the high-tech startup CEOs do not like to kind of talk about that. They like to say IPO. They don't like to talk about the actual numbers, but yeah. mapping those out and saying, here's where we want to be is important. And one thing that I see a lot in uh, businesses that tells me they don't have a three-year model of where they want to go is that when you look at the hiring for the year, you see the first six months of the year, everybody's hiring so they can hit their goal for that year. But then they stop hiring in June because they have all the assets, they have all the resources they need to hit that year goal. But yeah. nobody's thinking about the next year. Whoops. <laughs> Do you see that much? Uh, only a couple times. Oh, did. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's interesting. You're asking great, great questions here. So it, it's and these 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 podcasts are so helpful to us as you know talking to people like yourself, especially as a client. The uh, you just don't know. So especially if you're VC backed. And you just don't have a model yet. So depending on where in your business, some companies, and we go in there, work with them, and they'll say, well, here's the plan. And we'll go, we'll charge it for six months. And we, we're meeting companies every 90 days. And six months into, we realize that's not really the plan, is it? And they're like, yeah, we yeah. didn't really, we really don't have any idea. Yeah, so, right. So then it's kind of like, so I've learned this lesson, okay? And we're going to do a blog on this at some point. And I, I call this, uh, um, uh, I don't have an exact term for it, but it's something like you got to know, you got to figure out what you know for sure. Like, what is the definite stuff you know? Yeah. I'm trying to pick up on this because I mean, I'm not 80% of the day, I'm, I'm waiting through stuff I don't know the answer on. All right. So I've learned instead of saying, let's solve the problem, which I've given up on because it's, it's such a not that when you're growing a company, it's solving to the next set of problems that you're doing. I've learned to say this statement, which is, Here's the set of facts that I know are true. And I start with that. So I get a company like yours or some company and I'll say, what do we know for sure? And you'll say, we know for sure that this segment likes our stuff. Yeah. Okay. How do we know that? We have these five proof points. Okay. How many times we sold into that's your funnel, right? You guys are working on. Well, yeah. we looked, we had 20 companies that we pitched to and 25% bought them. And what was the average price? Average price was this. I mean, how many NQLs or SQLs do we need this many? 
Okay, we have, we have known facts here. Do we know anything else? Nothing. Okay, let's write this down. We have the beginnings of a business model. So then yeah. I ask, can we lever this part at all? Like how much leverage is left in this thing that we know? So right. let's say, well, that thing alone is probably worth 5 million. Okay, let's make sure we figure out that's worth leveraging, but we know it's worth 5 million bucks. We got anything else? Yeah. No, nothing. Okay, so are we going to lever this? Question one, let's try and leverage that. Okay, so we're going to leverage that. What else do we want to test this quarter? I think we want to test X, Y, and Z. Great. What does success look like? Success would look like this. Great. Put that down a sheet of paper. All right. You guys ready? Good. Good luck. <laughs> because yeah. we don't, if you say, well, my plan is this, it's like, okay, that's your plan and Sorry. you want to stick to Did it. Let me see. This is your, this is Siri talking to me. Yeah. Sarah's jumping in. Yeah. She, she's like this. You're wrong, Eric. The Google <laughs> talking, you're wrong. So if you, um, if you say it's definite that we're going to achieve X, Y, and Z, which you do want to say tactically, you don't want to give up on your plan in the middle of a quarter, but scaling companies, they don't scale in the world of definite. In fact, that can right. keep you small. So uh, we'll make big statements. That's one of the reasons I like, I like OKR so much because the objective, we have a bunch of objectives that we don't really know all the specifics of the key results behind. So we try and do specific things every quarter against these objectives. But the reality is, we may fail on some of the things we try, but the objectives are always the same. Yeah. So we have like, we have a, uh, something in our consulting business right now to hit a certain gross margin. Gross margin is a killer in your business if you can't hit the right gross margin. And the consultant yeah. business is challenging. So yeah. I, you know, it's crazy. People say, well, how you can hit that? My answer is, I have no idea, but I know what's required. That's a known fact for me. I know we have to hit at least X percent as a service business, or we're going to have a problem. So you have to have the bravery to pick up these known facts and state them and say, I know this, I just don't know how. Immediately saying, okay, here's our options. And now they start getting all these different ideas. But by posting what I know as a known fact, which is the margin target, we can then start to work towards how to achieve it. So if I can't put those things on the board, I can't ever start to fail upwards to trying to solve it. Right. And so for, for marketers, I think it's about, building like how so one of the things you mentioned you you use the metrics that exist in the business today average deal size um number of sqls mqls coming in and i made that mistake in my career not early in my career uh i made that mistake in my career where i was building out a forecast for the year and i made an assumption of average deal size going up and I wasn't grounded in the fact that it was December 2000, whatever. And, uh, and you know, all of a sudden you get to January, your average deal size isn't going to go up 20% just because you hired a new head of sales. Like things, so, yes, that's right. Grounded so, in the real numbers is, is important. Yes. So what we would tell you in that scenario, and you've probably heard this, is we would say, let's forecast based on what we know but then set an objective to create a different reality. Right. Now, what are the things, what are the key results you need to set against that objective to get that to become a reality? Do right. we know it's going to work? Anybody that says they know that something's going to work that never accomplished is full of crap. Like they have right. no idea. Well, we can take our best guess it's going to work. And then if it works, now the good news is we have a new set of facts. So now we can change our forecast if it's been in there long enough. And that's how you yeah. earn your, you got to earn your forecast. 
So yeah. it's very rookie, and I've done it, to say we're going to achieve X. And I say, well, why? And they say, because that's the plan. And I say, no, the plan is you already that you already have a number that proves what you're capable of. And people yeah. say, yeah, we're going to do better this quarter. And I say, well, I buy that you can do better this quarter. I totally do. But I need to see a set of facts that are going to show me specifically what you're going to do this quarter that are different from what you've done in the past. So it's very easy, and I've done it as a consultant to say, well, our sales last quarter were five million. What are your sales this quarter going to be? Seven million. Why? Because we're going to try harder. We're going to do different things. Two million dollars worth of different things. Let me see that list. Yeah, you've proven you can sell five. I need to now be proven that you can sell seven. And basically, that's their game. The game is, how do I get from five to seven? What are the set of things I need to accomplish? And then you can adjust your forecast up. And that's how you grow the business. Yeah. Awesome. I think that that's a that's it. That's that's this is I've been trying to articulate this for years on LinkedIn with my LinkedIn posts, putting a number on the board, how to build back to it. But I think that I think this is everything. This communicates it. Yeah. So it's there's a lot of great business coaches out there, you know, that that talk about this stuff. Um it's, it's basically reverse engineering is it is right. And reverse engineering is, um, is the ultimate hack for any business coach or consultant. You got to be good at that stuff, but you don't need to be a consultant to be good at that. You just got to be able to start. So one of the seven habits, start with the end in mind. One of seven habits, highly effective people. That's why that's one of them. Begin with the end in mind. So you begin with the end in mind and you write a show on a sheet of paper. And then all you gotta do is work backwards and it could be months, it can be days, it can be quarters, it can be years. Just start with that in mind and have guts to set it and then work backwards. And it's just about setting, you know, what the variables are, the triggers are to achieve that end in mind. And as you succeed and fail, think iteratively. What do I know? What do I not know? Write down what you know on a sheet of paper, figure out what you need to know next. Yeah. Work towards solving it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. John, thank you for being you, for trailblazing in your space, uh, for being a, a client of ours, and you know, for always being a joy to talk to. And uh, congrats on 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 your own business, continuing to, to continuing to go in an upward direction. Thank you. Thank you.